Good morning, good morning. It's Brenda Eshen Shoshana, back for another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Good morning. It's quite a morning today. It's an unusual day. For some, it's the very, uh, it's a a special holiday day. A holiday that goes on for one month, basically. But we could also call it a session, a retreat, or an opening of a new door opening a brand new door. And that's what it's like, really, because in this part of the holiday, the the, the observance or the celebration is to leave your home and dwell in a booth. Wow. Dwell in a very fragile booth, really. And the booth has to have slats, not a regular roof or ceiling, but really slats so you can see the sky through the roof. It's not a sturdy dwelling. So that's part of the observance. It's an incredibly beautiful observance because it's connected so deeply to scripture and to Zen. It connects everybody, everything. It Nothing is left out of this observance. And I'd like to talk about it because it's so relevant for our lives today. You go from your home, which seems to be a place of certainty, solidity. I know who I am in my home. I know where I am. I know who my neighbors are. Um, I feel sturdy and secure. But that is, of course, true. But it's also an illusion. We live with that illusion that everything will stay the same, that I'm sturdy and secure in the life I'm living, and that nothing will change unless I want it to, unless I initiate the change. That is a very big illusion that we live with, and it causes us such fear underneath because deep down, deep down, we know that everything simply happens and changes all by itself. We really don't have much say. Yes, we can initiate certain changes. We could leave a relationship, leave a job, make changes like that. But I'm talking about sometimes relationships leave us or our homes leave us or the structure of our lives dissolve for one reason or another that may not be to our liking or certainly not our choice. You know, there is this feeling, well, I choose everything. And underneath that feeling is the knowingness, the knowingness that life moves and changes on its own. Morning becomes afternoon. We we may love the morning. I still want the morning to stay, but it's afternoon. The day is going along. Evening comes on its own. There it is, inevitably. So maybe someone we love passes away. We're not ready. We don't want that. The time came, and that's what happened. So you see this constant process of change, and for some, change feels like insecurity, and and it creates a sense of fear and having to control, having to attach, having to dominate, having to cling to life. And that, of course, prevents us from actually having the great fun and pleasure and beauty and joy of just living 
Many of us can't touch that, especially during a time of change, which seems even more insecure. And now here we are in a time of great, I don't want to say upheaval, but that could be the good word for it, but also just great change, great flux, great uncertainty for many. And so it's a very perfect holiday because during this holiday, the Festival of Booths and Observance, we are told every year, enter a new, leave your home, leave your sense of stability and security, and sit together, eat together, and some even sleep in that booth, in this little booth, which is called the sukkah too. And, 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 and what's very, very important is that you have to always be able to see the sky, the vastness above, because you can't really depend <laughs> on that little booth. It can easily get blown away in the wind if a storm comes. It's quite fragile. <clears throat> we put it up in a certain way, and we hope it lasts for the eight days. So if the weather is bad, it might not. Just like our lives, that booth also represents our body. It could blow away. We think it's secure, but there's a fragility, a fragility about life itself and about the way we dwell in life. But somehow where this booth is the most precious place in the world. And oddly enough, when we understand it, when we grasp it, it's the most secure. And it's not so different from a Zen hut, not at all. Very few possessions in it, a table to eat few chairs for guests. And by the way, every guest who comes to join us for a meal or just for conversation in the hut is so deeply welcomed and honored and appreciated. It's even said that each guest who comes is an angel bringing a blessing, which is a very beautiful image because that's true in life too, of course. We can just see the reality better in the hut <laughs> than we can in life itself. It's a little harder to see it in life that every guest who comes is an angel bringing you a blessing. Or it's a little harder to see that everything can get blown away in a moment because things do seem to look quite stable and secure. And it's that seem to that trips us up. So when we can dwell for seven or eight days in the fragility of life, in the transitoriness of life, and say, well, where is my true security in this hut? Where is my true meaning? Where is my true joy in this hut? And not only does it come from being able to see the sky, to see the infinite, to know that we are always depending upon the infinite, not on the walls of our homes, but on the infinite above and beyond and all around. And also our visitors, oh my goodness, the joy, the beauty of sitting together in this hut. Oh my goodness, it's incomparable. And we, part of the observance is to have certain meals together and offer praise and songs and prayer. And so our interaction in that hut is very purposeful. We're not there to gossip about someone else or to strategize how to take someone down. We actually enter the hut in order to give thanks and to really, really relish the company of one another because it can be pretty lonely in the hut too, just like in life. Until we connect with the infinite and until we really relish and enjoy 
And the word is more than enjoy. It's to be grateful for the company of others, to see that they're part of the gift of life. They're coming with blessings. They're coming with gifts, not physical gifts necessarily, but just their coming into the hut is so, it really means a lot. And sitting together in that condition also, it's just like sitting in the zendo. It's just like sitting in the zendo. No difference at all. When we sit in the zendo, we sit quietly. We don't move. We don't turn to each other for comfort or for what we need. But we sit together in silence and we sit together facing the infinite. Wow, that's so beautiful. All together facing. And then when we do that, each person's presence does become a great gift and a great blessing. It does. Because we're not turning to the other person to possess them, to put them down, to put them up, to get something from them. We're sharing very deeply a very precious moment together. And we're sharing it in the face of the transitoriness of life. So we know this won't last. This little hut is only for eight days. <laughs> but the, the, the transitoriness of life, we're just passing through together. There is a beautiful Zen poem that says, A traveler, let me be known thus, this autumn evening. Mm, I always love that poem so much. It, it, it alters our perspective on everything. I'm a traveler. I'm here for a short time, relatively speaking. Let me, and when you realize that, then every moment becomes so important and so precious <clears throat> and so valued and so hallowed. And of course, that is the aim of all practice, whatever the tradition is, that each moment of our experience be so precious, and each person that we share it with as well, <clears throat> so precious, so valued. They're going through exactly what we're going through, whoever they may be, wherever they may be, whether we see them or not. And together we're sitting in this hut, which is what the world is on a, it's a, it's a microcosm of what this world that we live in is, the little booth is. But we sing in the booth, we eat wonderful foods, we rejoice, we offer many praises and prayers. So that elevates everyone in the booth, and the booth becomes a very special place. Oh my goodness. You never want to leave it. And there it comes again, that longing for things to stay the same, that longing, longing to be, maybe it's within us to be permanent, to be, to be there and not to have to leave. Let the world be like this all the time. I remember when as a little girl, when I had the great, great fortune to be in that space with my grandfather, oh my goodness, the way he sang, the way he danced in the hut, the joy, it was a, a place of miracles for me, the beauty of it. And I didn't want to leave when it was over. I didn't want to go back into the hurly-burly 
See, we all, same thing in meditation. We enter a place and we want to stay where it feels so good. Actually, you feel more protected in the hut. It feels more solid than you do in the regular house. That's a very interesting paradox. And it's the same as in Zen. Just sitting with nothing, not talking on the cushion and, and being and praising within and feeling the breath and being alive, you feel more protected. At least I always do. Then in the actual hurly-burly of life, you feel more at ease, deeply at ease. So it's a very interesting koan also. However, however, you know, now this is a very common error many of us make, especially me, <clears throat> but many of us make this error, and it's embedded in many practices. We want to get to a place like that where we feel so wonderful, and then we want it to stay. It's that clinging, that attachment. We're not a traveler anymore. <laughs> We're not a traveler. We're not realizing the transience anymore. We want to hold on to that moment so much. So part of the great practice is entering the hut and then leaving when the time has come to leave the hut and go back into life, go back into our homes. But hopefully we go back in knowing more deeply that they too can be a hut. They are a hut. Even though life looks so secure and stable, no, no, no. We go in as a teaching not to reject life or to cling to the teaching, but to approach everything after that with a new perspective, with a bigger heart. That's a very important transition that has to be made. It's very hard to make it for, for many of us because there's a deep longing within to stay in that centered, hallowed space and actually, the real art of practice is bring, is experiencing that under all conditions, wherever we are, in the midst of tremendous change. Stay, being able to experience that. And that depends on our seeing things really differently, not intellectually, but responding differently, having a real insight. When we have a really deep insight into the nature of transience and fragility, a deep experience of it. That's why we stay in that hut for eight days, to have a deep experience of it. And when we do, that does permeate our lives in general. doesn't mean you can never leave the hut. It means when you go out, that experience is a new way of being in your life as it comes, with whatever comes. Now, that's quite, that's, that's a lifelong practice. And I believe that, you know, living all these years and going through so many different things that comes to teach us, teach us, teach us, help us to see more, see more and more deeply, experience more and more fully in the midst of radical change, that which never changes, that which sustains, that which provides, that which loves that which never changes in the midst of change. That's quite a beautiful exp experience and to take it with us all over. That's very true in the Zendo too. The more you sit, the more when you leave, everything, you, you respond differently 
to everything. And it doesn't happen all at once. It's like water falling on a rock, drop by drop by drop. It does not happen all at once. It's a lifelong process. And it's very beautiful. And I'm extremely thrilled to share it with you today. Thank you so much for listening. May may all your days be trans to realize they're transient and they're also deeply rooted in something beyond as well. Beyond transience. Both, both. So thank you very, very much for listening. The URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And if you'd like to contact me, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. And thank you. Thank you. Have a really beautiful day. Bye-bye.